Hello students of Seneca, Jack here. I'm going to walk you through your AQA A-Level Paper 2 Biology Night Before Podcast. So we're just going to go over some anaerobic respiration hypercram and uh, some genetics 1-2 to two markers. So nothing too strenuous, just sort of guide you through a couple of key things. Hopefully refreshing those memories in preparation for tomorrow. Um, and then it's up to you to get in that exam hall and smash it. So let's get going without further ado. Anaerobic respiration hypercram. Cool. So when does anaerobic respiration happen? It happens when there is no oxygen present. Um, there are also two different types of anaerobic respiration. There's ethanol fermentation and lactate fermentation. So both fermentation, ethanol and lactate. The product of glycolysis is pyruvate. And then this pyruvate can be used in either the aerobic or anaerobic respiration pathways. So starting with of those two options for anaerobic respiration, starting with ethanol fermentation. This is the conversion of that pyruvate to ethanol under those anaerobic conditions, so without oxygen. And what happens here? The reaction is simply just pyruvate um, being converted into ethanol. So a little question here. Hopefully you can remember this. What are the two types of anaerobic respiration? It is, of course, ethanol fermentation and lactate fermentation. Cool. So where does ethanol fermentation happen? It only happens in plants and in yeast. In ethanol fermentation, pyruvate is first converted to ethanol by the enzyme pyruvate decarboxylase. And a byproduct of this reaction is carbon dioxide. So you have pyruvate um, being converted to ethanol and carbon dioxide through the action of the enzyme pyruvate decarboxylase. This, uh, this ethanol that's produced is then reduced down to the ethanol um, and this reaction is catalyzed by ethanol dehydrogenase. And during this process, NADH will be oxidized to give NAD. Cool. Little uh, multiple choice question for you there. So in which of the following six organisms would ethanol fermentation take place? So just sort of tick them off in your head as I, as I go through them. So grass, catfish, yeast, apple tree, chicken, and HIV. So the correct answer there were grass, yeast, and apple tree. So uh, yeast and plants is where ethanol fermentation will happen. So grass and apple trees being plants, and of course yeast is yeast. So that's ethanol fermentation for you. Let's move on to lactate fermentation, the second type of anaerobic respiration that we need to know about. So this lactate fermentation is the process of converting pyruvate to lactate. This takes place in animals and in certain bacteria. Very common in skeletal muscle when there is an insufficient oxygen supply, such as during exercise. If you're sprinting, uh, this is when you get the buildup of lactic acid in your legs and it feels very sore and it takes a while for you to sort of recover from that temporary pain. Okay, so a question that refers back to ethanol fermentation. Which enzyme is it that converts pyruvate to ethanol? The answer is pyruvate decarboxylase. Well done if you got that, quite a tricky one, a very long name. 
Um, cool. So during lactate fermentation, the pyruvate is reduced to lactate, and this process is catalyzed by lactate dehydrogenase. So you can see some similarities here with the ethanol fermentation and the naming of these enzymes. And of course, NADH is oxidized to NAD, similarly to how we saw in that step in ethanol fermentation. Cool. So one more question to tie this section off. What happens to pyruvates during lactate fermentation? Is it hydrolyzed, oxidized, reduced, or precipitated? Pyruvate is reduced during lactate fermentation. Cool. So that's all we're going to cover for anaerobic respiration. Today we've got two types, lactate fermentation, ethanol fermentation, um, and we just need to remember in which organisms they happen and the sort of enzymes that are responsible for each step of those reactions. So moving on to genetics, one to two markers. So starting with the definition, what is the meaning of the term gene pool? So a gene pool is the total number of alleles in a population. Total number of alleles in a population. Cool, so for the next one, we're gonna need a bit of context. So listen closely. Travis investigated the monohybrid inheritance of wing shape in fruit flies. Straight wings are coded for by a recessive allele. Two fruit flies that had curly wings were crossed. From their offspring, 780 had curly wings and 235 had straight wings. If you use the symbol lowercase c for curly wings and s for straight, it's very difficult to do in your head, but we're going to give it a go. Write down if you need to. And s for straight wings, say what genotype the parent flies would have. Blimey, fair play if you get this. So the options are lowercase c, uppercase s, obviously uppercase c, lowercase s, and again, lowercase c, lowercase s, uppercase c, uppercase s. Those are the four possible combinations. Which do you think it would be? So given that the two fruit flies that were crossed had curly wings, and the symbol lowercase c is used for curly wings, and from that offspring, 780 had curly, and 235 had straight. So it's a ratio of about three to one, and this will suggest that um, the parent flies have the gene type uppercase C, lowercase s. Quite tricky that genetics. Um, yeah, quite a tricky one to do just by hearing some information. But anyway, we'll go on to explain why this is the case. So why would the parents have this particular gene type of uppercase C, lowercase s? So both parents will have curly wings but they have some offspring with straight wings. So the parents must be carriers of that recessive allele that codes for the straight wings. Hence, they are heterozygous. Okay, so Travis predicted a ratio of curly to straight wing flies. What would this ratio be? So given that the gene type is uppercase C, lowercase s, uh, we would expect more flies to have curly wings and fewer to have straight, but there will be some with straight wings in there. Um, and the ratio that will come from this is three to one. 
So when, actually, when Charles actually went about and did this experiment, he found that um, these results were not matching his expected ratio of three to one. So which of the following would be possible reasons for that ratio not matching up correctly? So fertilization is random. Gamete fusion is non-random. The sample size is too large. The diets of flies could be different. Or sample size is not representative. So two things there that could be affecting this are the fertilization is random and the sample size is not representative. Last one we've got that, slash genetics one to two markers. I'd recommend revisiting genetics before the exam. It's quite a tricky one. Um, and if you got it down, then some easy marks we picked up with simple ratio questions and a bit of easy maths. So we're just going to wrap up with the stress buster now, um, just to hopefully reduce some of that stress you may be feeling in anticipation of the big day tomorrow. So this is the flamingo's guide to exam stress. Flamingos being one of my favorite animals, I'm going to love this. So tip number one is set yourself free and get out and about. So don't stay cooped up in a library or in your room. Uh, get some fresh air and that will really help you remove yourself from that immediate environment of uh, potential stress that you're experiencing. Tip number two, enter the exam hall with your squad, give yourself a bit of confidence going in. Um, yeah, and just, you know, keep surrounding yourself with people in a similar situation so you can give yourselves, um, give each other support. Cool. And another one here is don't let anyone push you around. Not entirely sure that relates to exam stress, but there's a very good gif of a big man going around smacking some flamingos. Um, I should know that these are inflatable flamingos, not real flamingos. No animals were harmed. Um, but yeah, that's your biology AQA level paper two, the night before podcast. Hope that was helpful and best of luck for the big one tomorrow. You're going to smash it. Nice. Good luck for your exams. We're going to be releasing night before podcasts before every exam. And if you head on over to YouTube on every weekday, we are going to be doing live streams at 4.45 and 5.30. So make sure you subscribe. And while you're at it, rate us five stars. We're amazing. <laughs> Good luck.